like the Buffalo Bills. What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host, Andrew Ogwich. We are back with another Bills off-season episode. Just finished the Pro Bowl, which was the biggest two-hand touch football game <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Um, but a lot has gone on since the last time we talked. You know, last time we talked about Brian Dable leaving and Ken Dorsey getting hired um, or promoted, excuse me, to the OC job. Well, since then, the Bills have made another handful of hires. They have brought in former Panthers OC Joe Brady as a new quarterbacks coach. Then they also found their new offensive line coach and Aaron Crower, who actually used to be with the Bills. And then it was just announced literally, I think, three or four hours ago that the Bills promoted Matthew Smiley to special teams quarter coordinator as Heath's farewell left um, to go follow Doug Peterson as he is the new head coach um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, a lot of moving parts. Obviously, I think we kind of touched on some guys we wanted to see last week um, as far as the offensive line coach. Um, went. We didn't really talk about quarterback coach too much, but um, of the three hires, I'm definitely the most excited about Joe Brady. I think there's a lot of potential there, um, but overall, what are your thoughts on uh, those three guys coming in or, you know, getting promoted and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, you're, I definitely agree that, um, right. Joe Brady's the kind of splash hire there, the exciting one. Um, but I mean, for, Smiley to get the promotion, I think is huge. Um, he has been with the team longer than Farewell was, um, right? So he knows the organization. He knows, um, right, the history of it and knows his guys. Um, so I think that's always encouraging, right? Um, a lot of teams get flack for promoting from within, right? You think the Pittsburgh Steelers, all they do is promote from within. Um, but, you know, it definitely has its – um, positives to promote from within, um, right? Obviously, Ken Dorsey was promoted from within. So, um, you know, Smiley adds that. And, and right, um, they uh, – Coach McDermott said in the in his year-end presser they wanted to promote from within. They wanted to keep their guys together, and they're doing just that. So, um, great sign there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Joe Brady's absolutely the – exciting promotion there right <clears throat> more um league coaching experience added to this offense to help ken dorsey to continue to help the offense just excel and progress help josh excel and progress right um joe brady was with joe burrow and lsu joe burrow and josh are similar players similar just humans um, how they act. So that's encouraging. And right. I know a lot of folks were worried about Joe Burry, uh, Joe Brady coming in. Uh, Cause right. He was fired before the end of the season last December. Um, but right. It's come out that well, it's cause Matt rule wanted to run the ball more. Um, so for all the bills fans who are worried about captain conservative McDermott wanting to run more history shows us that 
you know, Joe Brady maybe doesn't want that, right? He wants to air it out. He wants his offense to move more. So him combined with Ken Dorsey working with Josh, I don't think they're going to let that happen. Um, right. I mean, he's has that experience working with the high flying quarterbacks. Um, he's spent time with Sean Payton in new Orleans. He's, he's been around the league and he's only 32 as well. Right. So, um, he's not this old hell, uh, old, old head retread hire that sometimes you see teams getting stuck in doing to try to pull something out, but, uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I think it'll be, I think it's a great addition to this offense. Who's only going to go up. Um, so uh, I'm excited to see kind of how it all works out. And not to mention, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that he had to work with in Carolina for the few years he was there, whether it was Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Teddy. I mean, he had a Teddy Bridgewater led, you know, offense (laughs) almost on the cusp of a playoff berth last year. And they were, I think they had the most one score losses last year under Bridgewater, if I'm not mistaken. So he knows his stuff. I think it's a huge win in that we kind of alluded to it last week. If the bills continue to be good guys like Ken Dorsey are going to inevitably get chances to go get hired as head coaches elsewhere. Well, bringing in a guy like Joe Brady to be the, uh, you know, quarterback coach complemented with a guy like Chad Hall, who is very highly thought of in Buffalo, especially amongst the wide receiver room, having those two guys there and continually learning you know, the Bills are going to be in a great position if Ken Dorsey was to leave in two, three years down the line for one of those guys to potentially step up and step right in and have that continuity with Josh, which is the most important thing um, for the Bills. I like that, you know, promotion with the special teams. There's definitely been some thoughts of maybe um, they let um, him go to Jacksonville because um, of the whole – kicking at the end of the Kansas city game. And that's why Smiley's getting promoted, but um, we'll see what really happens there. But I like the Aaron Cromer uh, bring back as well. Eric Wood seemed to really like, and he was one that played under him, which is a very um, encouraging sign. And during that time period, I mean, LaShawn McCoy was one of the most dominant rushers in the NFL. We went to the playoffs with Tyrod as our quarterback he obviously knows what he's doing. That was one of the best offensive lines we've had um, in a while. So I think that's a great thing to bring him back. I mean, he's been working, I believe, with the uh, Blues, the Rams the last few years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. So it's going to be good to bring him back, I think. Um, I know we threw out some other names. I think we threw out um, Munchak last week, right, as a guy yeah. that we might have wanted to bring in. But I think bring him back in, guy that's familiar um, with McDermott stuff. And I think that uh, this has actually been a good week for Sean McDermott personally, because there's a lot of backlash coming out at him with Brian Dable saying they weren't, you know, seeing eye to eye and this, that, and the third. And, you know, maybe he's not the most pleasant guy to work with. Well, now you have a guy coming back to work with him um, once again. And then Quentin Spain this morning kind of threw some shots um, at the Bills saying, you know, him and McDermott didn't see eye to eye, but then it was, he actually kind of didn't help himself very much when he said he 
thought because of the season he had, he didn't like that they brought in competition to kind of become maybe better. And he, that rubbed him the wrong way. Well, if you don't like competition and you're not willing to, you know, win the job outright, well, that's too bad for you. We don't really want that here anyway. So um, good a week for McDermott from a personal standpoint uh, as well, kind of. Yeah. And I think what, I think what the Aaron Cromer signing or hired does is levels back out the offense, right? Just sat here and talked about how Dorsey and Brady are going to want to keep things flying, keep the ball in the air, keep it in Josh's hand. Um, But right when you need to run Cromer has experience, like you just talked about has the resume of putting together stout offensive linemen for the run game. Right. Um, So that, can kind of help even out the philosophies within the offense. So that's a huge hire. Um, obviously I wanted Munchak, um, but this is a great, you know, plan B in my eyes. Um, and right. You saw all over Twitter, everyone players were excited for him to come back. Um, so we'll see, right. Hopefully he doesn't punch a kid on the beach again this time, like he did last time, but. Um, hey, whatever, that was in the past, moving forward. Um, but I think we'll see what he can get out of the offensive line, right? Maybe he gets the best out of Cody Ford, um, right? Maybe he can turn that situation around. Maybe he can just help um, Spencer Brown take the next level, settle into his spot, right? Maybe not get so hyped up at times and make stupid mistakes, get over that rookie newness hype, right? So, um yeah, that, I think that's a big storyline, right? I mean, this hire makes the offensive line better already without anything happening because you've got the experience, you've got the pedigree. What can he get out of these guys? Um, and if I trust Eric Wood, if he's excited about this, he played for the dude, he know, he's seen firsthand what he can do. Um, I'm excited to see what, he, what you know, Aaron Cromer can do. And as you can already tell, um, these next few weeks with the Bills season being over, we're going to be focusing a lot on the moving pieces in the organization, the fun part of the offseason of trades, free agency, the draft. Um, we'll definitely get more you know, draft stuff coming up once we kind of get closer, once the Super Bowl ends and everything. Um, really not a ton of Bills things happening other than, you know, digs covering his brother in the pro bowl and Josh Allen shucking golf balls and having a lot of fun on the golf course. Um, so last week um, we talked about some free agency moves, you know, Andrew previewed a lot of players that he would go after in free agency. And I threw out some trade ideas. So this week we're going to go through, you know, the reverse role um, other way around. And then after that, we're also going to talk about some guys that might be um, some camp casualties come Um, training camp time, maybe some surprise names that are on the Bills roster right now, have a contract, but maybe might not be there um, for very long. So last week, um, I did trades, Andrew did free agency. So I'm going to let Andrew start with some trades, um, some players that he thinks the Bills should maybe look at going after to help um, improve the Bills to make a Super Bowl run next year. Yeah, so I've got two, um, and I'm focused on the defensive side. you know, last last week I was kind of focused on the offense, um, so I went I went went with defense, um, and I went with the two biggest needs. Obviously, we have right um, went with cornerback and then an edge rusher. So at cornerback, um, and 
the news that's come out lately kind of makes me sound even more like a genius for picking this. I did this last week, so let's not think I'm headline chasing, but uh, James Bradbury out of the Giants, right? Um, it's his last year of the contract. A lot of news is coming out last day or so that Shane is going to want to build his own team. They might have some cap um, issues, right? They have to do some restructuring. Bradbury is one of those names that have been thrown out there. Um, I think it's worth a, a look by the Bills to see what Shane's going to want for him. Um, he's a solid player, right? He's he's not going to be a starter, uh, your number one. Um, he's not going to, right, take over for Trey. But I think he's a solid number two um, friend, right? He can... <clears throat> He can create a good, good, healthy competition between Levi, Dane Jackson, um, and elevate Demar Hamlin's game, right? And just kind of shore up that cornerback, defensive back, secondary room. I think that's what he brings, um, right? He's he's um, right. He can he can kind of give that speed in the back that we need to compete with the Tyreek Hills and Cincinnati's wide receiver room. Right. I think he's another solid option. He stayed healthy um, during his time in the league. He hasn't been an all-star, like I said, but he's a solid option for you. Um, And the giants, I definitely think are going to look to move him. He's got a big cap hit coming, which you can rework through a trade, right? You can rework some money around, um, play, um, play some games with the cap. It starts that pipeline to the giants, right? We've got one with Carolina. Might as well start one with the giants. There's not a lot from the giants to get, but you never know. Former Panther as well too. Exactly. Right. So it's the love triangle completes there. Um, so, um, right. Shane needs to make some room on his team. Um, I think you could definitely flip a couple late picks for him and not break the bank. Um, so I think it'd be a great pickup for the bills to go out and shore up that secondary, um, with another option. So just like last week, I said, bring in as many offensive linemen as you can to create competition and find the best, um, combination you can get. I think you do the same in the secondary as well. Um, whether it's cornerbacks or even safeties too, right? Obviously Micah and Jordan are solid locked in, but find someone who can play nickel, find someone who can do both. Micah and Jordan are only getting older. You're going to need more um, bodies here and there. Injuries can happen. So um, I think it's a a great option for Brandon Bean to to take a look at. So the second trade I wanted to talk about is out of Green Bay, edge rusher Preston Smith. So he, him and, um, what's the other one's name? It's another Smith. Um, Zedarius, thank you. So the two Smiths, right? There's been talks as well of one of them probably having to move. Green Bay's coming up, going to have some cap issues. Who knows what's happening with Aaron Rodgers? Who knows what's happening with Devontae Adams? They've got a lot of moving parts happening there. Um, so they're going to have to free up some cap room. Um, I think Preston Smith is a great option. Zadarius Smith has some uh, injury issues. 
um, right? He's had a back injury. He didn't play most of the season. Preston Smith did play, had five sacks, 18 uh, QB pressures. He's going to be a free agent in 23. Um, they're one of their recent draft picks, Rashawn Gary, is really starting to emerge as a guy on that defense. He's been huge for them. Um, so he's going to, he has played his way into the starting lineup, which, right? begs the question they got to move one of their other smiths right one of their other edge rushers um so i think it can help right get us more speed on the outside um the defensive line again it needs help you've got some pieces there but they're young um the qb pressures have been kind of an issue for this defense at times right giving quarterbacks too much time um with jerry possibly most likely on the way out you want to try to replace a player like that on the defense I think Preston Smith can be that for you um, again he's gonna be kind of pricey right his his contract uh, gives the Packers a cap hit of 19.75 million that can be reworked right you can do um cap gymnastics to move that money around re-sign him do different things but I think it helps shore up the D line. It's worth a call or two. See what you can get for him. Um, probably you can probably do like a three this year, um, and a, either a, a smaller, a lesser player, or a late round and a later draft. But I don't think it's going to cost you much. Green Bay's going to have to make some moves. And um, I think he could fall into our laps, but right. Other teams could be fine uh, playing, you know, going after him too. So we'll see, but I think it's worth at least a call from Brandon Bean to kind of help your defensive line with that veteran presence, a guy who uh, who's been pretty solid for a really good team. Yeah. And I think that I like both of those picks. James Bradbury is a guy that I've been high on even before he, you know, went and signed with, <laughs> Um, the Giants. And if you're talking about, you know, cap wizardry, Brandon Bean's the the guy to do it. And I think a lot of times the last few years, the Packers defense has been one that later in the season, they've said it's fallen off. And uh, I think a big part of that is their linebacking core and secondary outside of, you know, Jair Alexander. I know Eric Stokes and some of those guys have been better this year, but um the upfront was never really the issue and they kind of got blamed for stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Smith needed a change of scenery or he's kind of just tired of things going on there. Like you said, they're already in cap hell, whether it's bringing back Rogers, they're probably going to have to franchise tag Devonte Adams. They have a lot of stuff they got to work through. So definitely like that. And like you said, the triangle between the Panthers, the bills, and now the giants, they're probably going to steal some free agents from us. We can try to steal some from them or make some trades work. Um, Bradbury, Kadarius, Tony, Saquon Barkley have been the three guys that have kind of been rumored um, that the Giants might try to shed. Um, Barkley and Tony really don't make too much sense to me because obviously Barkley has been injured, but he's a freak talent. And Kadarius, Tony, you just picked him with your first round pick last year. So that doesn't make too much sense. But I guess wanting to do your own thing, I guess, fits into that. But James Bradbury is definitely a guy that with the cap hit um, could definitely be a great number two um, to Tredavious White, and he has, you know, cornerback one upside considering he's been doing that, you know, since he was – even when he was in Carolina when Josh Norman decided, you know, they moved on from him, he was there for a little bit being the number one. So um, he has that experience I definitely like. 
um, both of those players that you um, picked out. Um, so let go ahead. I said, go me. Oh yeah. Go you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so free agency wise, I looked at three position groups. You kind of focused a lot on offense this or last week. I have one offense position in here, but again, focusing on the same position Judas address, which is going to be a common theme during the offseason. It's very clear what the bills need to do um, to improve their team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so the defensive tackle and defensive end spots are ones that I kind of looked at. Um, the first name that really popped out at me was Emmanuel Agba. Um, 28 years old. You got 7.5 million this past season. He's a free agent. Um, he had a really, really productive season this year. Um, he's kind of one of, he reminds me of a more juiced up Shaq Lawson. Honestly, he brings that energy, but I think he's a very much more consistent player um, then Shaq Lawson was now he's had some issues in the past as far as, you know, he's kind of bounced around some teams, but this past year with Miami, he was really solid. And if you can steal something from an interdivision rival, I'm never going to really be, um, against doing that. But I mean, this year he played all, you know, 17 games. He started in 11. Um, he was very productive, um, in two years in Miami, he started 23 games, for them. So he's been an impact player trying to pull up the stats of my phone would work. There we go. Um, you know, this past year, 41 tackles, nine tackles for a loss. Um, it was a, he had nine sacks the last two seasons with Miami. So, um, definitely a presence that the bills could use on the outside, kind of to groom along the Epinesas, Russo's Bashams of the world. And then the other guy I was looking at defensive tackle. I think this is a very unlikely um, scenario, but it's Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle for the Bengals. I don't know why he would maybe want to leave there, but you know, sometimes money talks, you know, he's going to be coming off an injury. Um, we'll see what they do there. They have some guys on defense. They're going to need to pay. Um, but you never know. It's always worth and never hurts to bring in a guy and at least talk to him and just see, um, show him your culture. Maybe he wants to be a part of it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Cornerbacks, the next one. Uh, I got three guys that really kind of stuck out to me. Desmond King from Houston, 27 years old, $3 million. He was a guy that was rumored to the Bills a couple years ago at the trade deadline when he was still on the Chargers. He has returnability as well. Um, he can play both outside and slot, so that's also a plus. Um, being 27, he's not like super old. I think mean, he offers a lot of versatility that could come in. I don't think he's, you know, the best cornerback on you know the market, but some of the other guys like, <clears throat> excuse me, Stephon Gilmore are going to covet way more money, and there's no chance in hell we would ever bring him back. But um, just as far as the skill set um, goes, he could be in there. Um, Jason Verrett from San Francisco, 30 years old, coming off a little bit of a bounce or, you know, a rough season. He had a really good year last year, dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Um, I don't think it would be a super big cap hit to bring him in. He's got some good speed. Um, he played the Bills really well the first time we played against them um, compared to some of their other cornerbacks. But the biggest name that I like, and it really depends on how much you'd be willing to pay him, but I think for a chance to come in and play for a Super Bowl contending team, and if you saw Stefan Diggs' Instagram at all feed this weekend, he's posted a picture of them, and they've been really close friends. It's Joe Hayden from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very classy guy. He was a part of Cleveland. He was a you know cornerstone to a really bad franchise, but stuck it out like Joe Thomas did. 
He's had success, you know, rejuvenating kind of his career after he really stumbled at the end in Cleveland. He's been really solid for Pittsburgh. 32 years old, he's a little bit on the older side, but um, I think to bring him in and get him maybe at a, you know, four to six million dollar cap hit and then just have like a large signing bonus, like you've been saying, use the cap gymnastics to find a way to get a guy like that in here. He obviously has friends um, on the team in the Bills. Pittsburgh's going to be going through a rebuild, even though they'll never want to admit it under Mike Tomlin. You know, they are going to probably just try to plug and play guys and make it work. But it sounds like all indications are guys like Juju are going to be gone and they're going to just run Najee Harris, find a new quarterback and kind of restart from there. So maybe a guy like Joe Hayden doesn't want to see, you know, sit there for the next two to three years and maybe they'll get a chance and making a playoff run, I think he's going to see that it's a window now for him. Um, he's probably only got two to three years left, and I think that'd be a great signing for the Bills because I think that's a legitimate number two corner who has played number one um, for a really good defense for the last few years. Um, and then quickly, wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, they talked to him today. Um, you know, a few media members said that he's got a lot of thinking to do. You know, he talked about how, his best friend, Demarius Thomas, you know, obviously dying tragically, kind of screwed with him at the end of the year. He didn't really feel like himself. He's got a lot to think through with age, but he did say that if he was going to come back, there was no other place he'd rather play than in Buffalo. Um, I just think with the age, the emergence of Gabe Davis, um, the other free agent possibilities or trades out there to kind of keep your window open for the next two or three years, I don't think he's going to be the Bills option. Um, but some other cheap options and guys who are young, who, um, I think are going to have a real chance to hit the open market and make some money. And maybe the bills can convince one of them to come here. Um, Michael Gallup from Dallas, I think makes a ton of sense. Um, 26 years old, he's going to be coming off of an injury. So maybe they'll scare away some teams, but I'm kind of also looking in the future. He's coming off of his rookie contract. You know, last year he only made just under $900,000. Um, he has a lot of upside, um, obviously maybe has a little bit of a relationship with Cole Beasley. I think he could obviously be that next slot guy if Cole leaves after the year. Um, and I think he would be a good guy to bring in. DJ Chark is another guy. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have LaVisca Chenault. They have, you know, ETN. They drafted him in the first round last year for a reason to pair him, you know, with James Robinson. Marvin Jones is a veteran there. They have some other guys. You know, maybe you can bring him in to be a part of a winning team, which he hasn't seen um, in his career yet. And then the last guy, very unlikely, but you never know. It's a guy that I threw, threw out there when his name was being rumored of where he was going to go. Odell Beckham Jr. He, you know, has really turned himself around on the Rams. It's very clear that he's got a good relationship with Matthew Stafford. Him and Cooper Cup have played really well together. It seems like he has put a lot of his ego aside and has made it work there. Um, this would be a big, like, if he's willing to deal with the targets he's going to get, be a team player, and realize the potential he could have coming to a team like Buffalo, playing with Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley, the amount of you know open targets he's probably going to get, um, I think it'd be a big beneficiary factor, obviously, Travis White, LSU guy, could also do some recruiting on that end as well. Do I think it's the most likely? No, but I also think, again, it's doing yourself a disjustice, not going out and at least talking to him and seeing him. And if he goes out and wins a Super Bowl, you know, on Sunday, um, it's going to be hard 
to kind of go back to the old narratives of that he's like a cancer in the locker room. We've heard the same things with Diggs in the past. He went to a new team in L.A. that wasn't a dumpster fire like it was at the end of his Giants and Cleveland tenure. Um, coming into a good locker room maybe could do wonders for him. And he's only 29. He's got probably four, you know, five years left in his absolute prime if he can stay healthy. It's definitely worth a look. But, I mean, the cap hit, he's probably going to covet after maybe winning a Super Bowl. Um, we'll see. But um, I think those are some names that I would be looking at. But of all those free agents, I think Joe Hayden and Ogbo would be the two that I would look at um, the most. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Joe Hayden a lot, um, right? He is older, but I think you sign him to a one-year deal and say, hey, let's go get this thing. Let's get you a ring. Um, help us out. I-, I think that'd be a huge signing. Um, I think it'd be a great fit um, for sure. And, and, right, the Bills are in that scenario, right, where they can play that. They can be what the Bucks did. You You can be what the Rams did and are doing now a team that's right there, right on the cusp, attracting this big-name talent, um, sign these one-year, two-year deals and say, hey, give us everything you got. Give us your last year, your last two years, and let's go get you one more ring on the way out. Um, so it's it's uh, it's very exciting to have a team in a position to be able to do that. Now, with the OBJ, yeah. Yes, it'd be exciting, but there's no way in hell he comes to Buffalo, right? I mean, I think part of what makes OBJ good is his environment, right? Like OBJ is built and designed to be in New York or be in L.A. That dude would be so miserable in Buffalo, right? I mean, he was miserable in in Cleveland. That's why, right, he was clawing to get out of there. Maybe because Baker Mayfield wouldn't throw him the ball. I don't know about that. (laughs) Yes, that's definitely part of it. But, I mean, you hear it said all the time. Players complain that there's nothing to do in Buffalo. I mean, there's a lot to do in Buffalo, but there's not a lot to do if you are a 20-something-year-old professional athlete with a shit ton of money, right? That's not what this – that's not the type of city that that Buffalo is, right? There's no nightclubs. There's no flashy whatever, right? So – I think he'd be absolutely miserable and cause nothing but issues in Buffalo. I, I don't think, I think he would laugh. That's why Antonio Brown said no, right. To the trade trade was done. He said, absolutely not looking back on it. Makes sense. He would be miserable. It'd be a miserable prick, even more than a miserable prick he is now in Buffalo. So it'd be interesting. It's, it's a great call out, right? It'd be, let me just build my Madden team, damn it. I, I know. No, you're right. I did make a splash. It'd be hilarious. Um, but there's no chance in hell. That Probably not, no. He'd want to come to Buffalo, New York. But um, no, great options, great call-outs. I really like the Joe Hayden thing. Uh, like I said, it'd be a, a fun, like, give us, like, a, you know, like I said, give us one more year. Let's try to go get this thing. And to kind of close out the show, there's – Obviously, a lot of players on the Bills that haven't maybe lived up to expectations since they've gotten here. There's also some players on the Bills maybe that, you know, could become camp casualties that you weren't thinking of. I mean, we've seen it in the past where, you know, going into the season, Brandon Mean was all up on LaShawn McCoy being the guy. And then all of a sudden our running back for Devin Singletary and Frank Gore for the full year. So before we close the show, we kind of want to just go through 
maybe a couple guys that are on the team right now that have a contract, but maybe you wouldn't be the most surprised um, if they were gone, you know, whether that's before, during, or after training camp um, for next year. So I'm going to let you start with maybe just um, two or three guys that, you know, you think could be some potential cuts or, you know, trades or whatever by the bills that are on there right now. Yeah. So, um, the first one, I think Zach Moss, um, right. We've, we've talked about it a bit before. Singletary's definitely kind of cemented himself as the number one. Zach has fallen behind, um, right. He's been, he was benched a lot, uh, towards the end of the year, wasn't even active. Um, he just, he was promising there, but just couldn't, couldn't really put it together or keep it together. Um, which is a shame. I like him a lot. Um, but I just, I, I think you, I think you can get, you can definitely trade him or get some value from him, whether it's a, a draft pick or two, um, to be able to get a younger guy or right. You, you drop him cause you picked up someone, in free agency um, who can be a better match with Devin Singletary. So I think he might be gone. Um, I think, I think a tight end goes um, right. Obviously Dawson Knox is your number one. He's solid. He's made a hell of a turnaround. Um, He's solidified himself has earned the top spot. He's obviously not going anywhere, but um, I think, there's just, there's a couple more options out there. I don't, Tommy Sweeney is, he not, it wasn't very impressive when he was out there when Dawson was hurt. Um, then you've got Quentin Morris, who's a rookie, but who knows really what he can do for you. So um, maybe you try to drop one of those, draft someone in a later round or pick someone up on a flyer in free agency um, but I can see maybe some movement happening there. Um, and then Star Latule, I hope they get rid of him. <laughs> I, I've been very uh, vocal about not being a fan of his. Um, I just, the back and forth, um, the playing, not playing, um, right? Obviously, he was dealing with COVID and other stuff off the field, but I just, I think he's kind of, uh, overstate his welcome at this point it's time to move on whether you just cut him outright or you try to flip him to someone else um right like a lions or someone who needs a veteran presence or someone on their defense get a five a four or five or something for him um but i uh i want to be mad if they walked away from him yeah no i agree with all the names you said um for sure um the one that's kind of sticking out to me, and I actually like him as a player, but I think just due to age, um, I think we want to try to get younger at the position and also provide just more depth at the spot. Um, AJ Klein is kind of a name that I wouldn't be overly shocked. Um, he's only got one year left on his deal. Obviously, I think he plays well when he's in there, um, but at the same time, I think the Bills – would do a lot better if they added more players like Milano and Edmonds type where they can get downhill, but they're decent in coverage and they can do a lot of different things. AJ Klein's more of a go in there, you know, 
go and shut down the run and try not to embarrass yourself if we have to throw you in man coverage um, type deal. So I wouldn't be overly shocked if that was a guy um, that, you know, got looked at. Uh, John Feliciano, another guy lost his spot. Um, you know, Bates, Bucker, anyone that stepped in did a better job than what he was doing. He's a great guy to have around. Josh obviously loves him. But I think there was a reason last year Brennan Bean structured the contract the way he did, and everyone thought it was a bargain to get him back because there was a lot of out clauses um, to get him out of that contract if need be. And based on where the offensive line is at, um, I think that's an easy cap, you know, flexibility that they could do. Um, Other than that, I mean, there's some obvious names that have been rumored around, whether that's Cole Beasley, Mitch Morse, um, even Daryl Williams, as far as just contract restructures or moving on to save um, cap hit and whatnot. But another name that I wouldn't be like over the top um, surprised if they looked um, to potentially move them um, would maybe be, (coughs) excuse me, um, Medikevich. I think he would be a little bit of a surprising one, but I think that there is some value in him and you could save a little bit of money moving on from a guy like that. If you truly believe in some other guys like Jaquan Johnson, Saran Neal, if they bring him back, Marquez Stevenson, if he wants to be on this team, is going to have to learn to play special teams. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Medikevich um, maybe saw a move. And I personally wouldn't do this, but I've seen it floated around. And I think Brandon Bean has probably had this in his dreams at some point. But I don't think it's off the table that they take or make some calls on Tremaine Edmonds. Uh I don't think that that's off the table. That's not the name I was expecting you to say. Okay. I think I, I like Tremaine. I think he has shown a lot of potential, but this year in key moments, he kind of fell flat. Um, he's still so young, which is why it's hard to judge. They obviously didn't extend him and give him a big contract. Like they did with Josh. They've still been on the fifth year. You know, you got to prove it, but you know, if you can, I've seen like, if you take your first round pick and, package it with Tremaine Edmonds. Can you move yourself way up in the draft to get a really skilled player you think can put you over the top? I personally wouldn't do that. If I'm moving Edmonds, I'm going after like a freak, like linebacker that can replace him or like an absolute stud corner that you better be replacing your middle linebacker after that with every single pick or free agency, whatever. Like I'm not about moving him to go up to pick you know, 14, 15, like I'd have to move up to like top five, to even think about it. Um, But I mean, if you're going around and you can get a, I don't even know the player out, like a Fred Warner level type player to replace him. But at the same time, Sanford just could never move that, but I'm just saying like a player that type. Sure. But that would get expensive. Cause so then it's like, all right, if you do Tremaine and a first for a Fred Warner caliber player, it's like, ah, I would rather just deal with Tremaine and his shortcomings and save my first 
for another piece, right? And well, and then and that's when it obviously we'll get into it more as we get closer to draft. But the draft philosophy of okay, do we go all in, play the Tampa Bay LA game of I don't care how old you are, what you cost, where you came from, if you're good enough to help us win a ring, you're coming on this team, or do you still build up? with a good combination of young guys that you draft, the right talent from the draft, and maybe not top-tier free agents, but second-tier, borderline, really good um, free agents. That Obviously, like I said, we can get into that more as we get closer to the draft and when the league year ends and free agency opens up, but it's an interesting proposal. Uh, I was not expecting Tremaine. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep that out there. I sure. I wouldn't do it personally. I think he I think given another year or two, I think he's going to be fine. I think him and Milano are very good. Um I would like to see them explore maybe a three linebacker core or add another guy that plays like Taron Johnson to be out there and be speedy and be a menace. Um, but basically, I will I will say think I would rather keep AJ Klein than Tremaine Edmonds. Like if you put my feet to the fire and say you have to pick one of these two, I think I lean towards AJ Klein. I think that's blasphemous. <laughs> just hot take, but I don't know. I, I just I like the way AJ Klein plays better than how Tremaine plays. I don't know if you would have that same opinion if AJ Klein played the same amount of downs as Tremaine Edmonds did this year. That's fair, but I feel like AJ Klein has played enough to earn enough respect to warrant staying. But how? But AJ Klein's thirty. What? Th- I think he's thirty. I'm looking it up right now. He is thirty. He's thirty. He's going to be thirty-one. And you're talking about twenty. Get four more years out of him. So okay. So if you trade Tremaine and get draft, if you trade Tremaine and are able to bring back a two and a three, give me a two and a three and AJ Klein over Tremaine. I don't even know if I would move Edmonds for a two. Well, whatever you're going to get for him, right? Like what you're going to get back from Tremaine. I think is enough to warrant keeping him over AJ Klein. Cause what you're going to get your AJ Klein is not going to give you enough payback, right? Like I, I think what you get back from Tremaine combined with AJ Klein is better for the team than what you would get from AJ Klein and Tremaine. It's a hot take, and I might be talking myself out of it as I spew shit out of my face. But I'm gonna say I just don't see a world where you want. I just keep. I'm just imagining AJ Klein trying to cover any running back or Tyreek Hill coming across the middle, or anything like that. Like I like AJ Klein, and I think that saying him and whatever you could get for Edmonds overall might be better. But I think just AJ Klein over Tremaine Edmonds like straight up or in the same role is just outlandish for age scheme fit being on the field being able to do versatile different things but but that's why it's a podcast and that's why we come on here and talk like idiots 
Right. That's why we're two stooges talking to our computers. And whatever. I had a, I had my Stephen A. moment. <laughs> you have a problem? Tweet me. Yeah. Um, but I don't. Did you mention Beasley? I like brought up that his name's been obviously like a. I mean, based on Gabe Davis's emergence, obviously all the stuff with COVID. I mean, it's it wouldn't like surprise me. I think that's like position you'd have to replace immediately. I, but that means you, I, if you get rid of Cole Beasley, you better have Isaiah McKenzie in like the next room signing a contract. Absolutely. If if you're signing Isaiah, you ship Cole Beasley out on the next train out of Buffalo. I, you don't need both, and I would rather Isaiah over Cole. I think Cole, there's enough left in him to warrant a decent return. Um, I think, I think, yeah, he's incredible, right? He makes those catches when you need him to. He's right, always open, but I think he's incredibly replaceable. In best case, you just have both, but I, I really don't know if McKenzie's going to come back. You're not going to get both. I, I, I think, I think you make a huge play, go all in on Isaiah, and get rid of Beasley. I like, I, I would rather Isaiah over Cole Beasley. And I'm sure once the Super Bowl ends and drafts coming up, we're going to see a lot more movement, a lot more trades, a lot more signings, and we'll have a lot more discuss. We'll have a lot more um, Sabres talk coming up. The All-Star break just happened. Darlene scored a goal and played pretty decent. Um, That's really all I have to say on that. Happy birthday to Dylan Cousins today, um, future cornerstone of the Sabres. Eichel, for Jack Eichel listeners and newsworthy, he is now in a non-contract contact excuse me jersey practicing so looks like he's gonna be back this month um i think he's making the sabers um at least medical staff more look dumber and dumber um as the moments go by but that's besides the point sabers back at home um tomorrow we'll have some more talk about them um middle stats back skating today as well um getting healthy a little bit ukapekalukanen's going back down to rochester um, Krebs and Samuelson back up after getting a couple games down there during the all-star break, which was very good to see. Um, so hopefully maybe they can put some points together here and uh, at least close the season on maybe a little bit of a high note and at least start to maybe put two to three wins together and, you know, still hopefully finish in that bottom six to seven range so we can get a good player, but um, we'll see what happens with them. But obviously the focus is on the bills. Um, it sucks that they're not going to be playing on Sunday like they should be, but um Enjoy the Josh Allen golf content while you can and uh, go Bills as always. I didn't think I could like Josh any better. And then you see him golf like that. It's like, oh, my God. Just like he's incredible. I love him. He's the <laughs> he's honestly the best thing to ever happen to Buffalo. I love him so much. I mean, I could not stop watching the videos of him at Pebble Beach. He's unbelievable. And him just chucking the ball. Incredible. Amazing. Gabe, Gabe Davis is down there somewhere. Right. But when I do that, I'm disgracing the game of golf. Get the hell out of here. If Josh can do it, I can do it. Uh, all right. Well, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Uh, if you do not follow us on Instagram, please give us a follow there at English Encore Podcast. We will be back next week. Um, we've got a lot more Bill stuff to discuss. We'll have some more Sabre stuff next week once they get some more games in. Um, the trade deadline for the NHL is coming up, so I'm sure we'll see some veterans on the Sabres being shipped out. Um, we'll see what returns they can get for that. But um, it's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.
circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.